Hey, I just like to say that um, my spirit sure resonates uh, with this prayer meeting. And to hear such a kaleidoscope of accents from uh, all over the earth and praying with a heart for God, a heart for awakening, a heart for revival, uh, it just encourages me to no end because this is this is our main thrust of uh, of, of our ministry. So I'm glad to be here and appreciate you guys and appreciate your hearts in prayer. I just think it's fantastic. Love it. Uh, I told Rick I tried to make it available on Facebook, but um, due to two or three different clicks, I don't think many people made it over to this prayer meeting, but I'm thankful for it. And this week, uh, Rick is talking about spiritual warfare. Well, there's some uh, precursors. There's some things that precede wrestling in prayer. And I believe uh, Acts chapter 1, upper room praying, that's what I'm going to be speaking on here at the conference. Just a couple of thoughts here. It says in uh, Acts 1.14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They continued. It was sustained. They kept on doing this for like 10 days with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. It was uh, everybody was in this thing together, 120 of them. And it says here that... Um, uh, then when they were come in, they went into an upper room, an upper room, and there were the apostles, and that's where they were staying, and they engaged in a prayer meeting. So just a quick thought to set this up for prayer. I'm sure anything I say has already been said, uh, but I've never been in all of these prayer meetings, and this is kind of new to me. But I believe there was, there was obedience involved, because it says in Acts 1, 4, and 5, uh, that the they being assembled together, uh, Jesus commanded them. He commanded them. That's a military term. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but for the wait for the promise of the Father. And they were commanded by Jesus to wait. And that's exactly what they did because that's exactly what Jesus told them to do. He told them to wait. Upper room praying, first of all, is obedient praying. Obedient praying. I, I believe that most praying for revival in, in America is really just asking God to override our disobedience, uh, to overlook our disobedience, but God requires obedience, and, 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 and upper room praying is obedient praying. Uh, obedience is instantly doing all I'm told to do uh, with a right heart attitude. Obedience is instantly, immediately doing, it's active, all, it's complete, God tells me to do with a right heart attitude. So here they were, uh, huddled together. They weren't uh, spreading out. They weren't dispersing. They were obeying the voice of God in this matter of lingering and waiting here in this upper room. Now, I believe that something happened in that upper room. Uh, Peter, Peter was not the only failure in the bunch. He was not the only one that had forsaken the Lord, denied the Lord. They had all forsaken the Lord, okay? So in the upper room, in order to be in one accord and to have this one heart, one soul, this incredible supernatural oneness, I believe they came clean in order to be clean. In other words, I believe that upper room praying is not only obedient, it's honest, honest praying. At our prayer advances in our meetings, I travel and speak in churches, but we conduct these prayer advances, uh, not prayer retreats. We we have what we call half nights of prayer, half nights of prayer, where we encourage all the different church groups and groups uh, after the um, after the preaching session on Thursday and Friday night uh, to engage in spiritual CPR. And the C stands for confession. 
confession. You know, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I look favorably upon sin, God will not hear my prayer. So there's no use to say anything to God if he's not listening. So the first thing to do is to get clean and to get cleansed by the blood of Jesus, a fresh cleansing. Thank God for the, from the blood of Christ. So we encourage a confession of sin. I know this is um, not popular in most places, but the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens. And the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So the first round is confession. And that's just getting in the light, getting honest. And I believe that's what happened in the upper room. Spiritual CPR, confession. Uh, the second thing, P is praise, is praise. Now, confession gets the ear of God, but praise pleases God. So we encourage uh, in this round of prayer, no asking, only thanking, and only praising God. And you know, people who have been forgiven much, they love much. And that's where... Uh, praise is an activity that we'll be engaged in for all eternity, but boy, we need to get caught up here on earth and get in practice a uh, confession to get the air clean between us and God, a uh, praise to please God, and then spiritual CPR request. Now we're in a position to ask from God, and we have people pour out their burdens. But I believe in the upper room that there was this kind of praying going on, that there was honest, open a judgment day, honest praying, telling God the truth, just getting in the light and getting cleansed. And you know, when Peter uh, got up and spoke at Pentecost, he had gotten over his guilt. He'd gotten over his shame. He had gotten over his denial. He learned the power of the blood. And he stood up there and preached and what, 3,000 people? Three, can you imagine? 3,000 people converted in a single sermon from a, from a, from a servant who had failed and denied the Lord, but he got cleansed in the upper room. Yeah. So, you know, this, this, this honesty in prayer, I believe is absolutely essential. You can't have a meaningful relationship with anybody apart from honesty. And, and you know, I used to be afraid of being a failure <laughs> until I found out I was one. And you know, when I finally figured out, <laughs> I don't have what it takes. And that's why Jesus came to die for people like me, to shed his blood, uh, to cleanse me and cleanse you so we can have open fellowship, nothing between our soul and the Savior. Uh, I mean, no roof toward God, no walls toward our fellow man, just an openness before the Lord. I believe that's what happened in the upper room, don't you? I really think that they came clean in order to be clean. And brother, that just set the tone, and then God poured out the Holy Spirit. The church was born. Uh, tons of people uh, began to come to the Lord. It was a supernatural thing that happened in the upper room. And, and, and you know, in the book of Acts, I think there's 38 references to prayer, like more than one per chapter, and 53 references to the Holy Spirit. So the only way to understand the early church was prayer and the Holy Spirit. And I believe that honest praying, open hearted praying, open-faced praying, uh, reality praying uh, gets the ear of God and puts us in a position where we can follow the Lord with our holy wrestling and our request and all the rest of it. But I believe it starts here by being honest and open with God and with one another. So just a little thought here uh, to get our hearts open and cleansed. Uh, Rick and I came from the airport today 
and um, uh, some lady didn't like uh, Rick's driving, and uh, she let us know in no uncertain terms <laughs> with her language that you wouldn't find those words in the Bible, would you, brother? <laughs> and and she was letting right. us know. But you know what? Uh, in the midst of, of, of the course of life and things like this, uh, we just got, got to keep our hearts open and honest and clean by the blood of Jesus.